praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles this morning, if you would turn over into Ezekiel chapter 33, and we are continuing on on the series that we began a number of weeks ago, uh, that we began uh, preparing for war, and that we looked at the last stand, as it were, of Satan, then the methodology of Satan, his methods, his wiles, uh, as we are in the last of the last days. And then this morning we're continuing on with the same series, Preparing for War. And this morning's title is Sound the Alarm. And Ezekiel chapter 33. If you would stand for the reading of God's Word, I'll read it this morning. But I want us to honor, as we always do, the reading of God's Word. Ezekiel chapter 33. Once you're there, if you would stand with me. We're going to read through 1 through to 7. I'll just read it to you, but we'll stand for the reading of God's Word. Again, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, speak to the children of thy people, and say unto them, When I bring the sword upon a land, if the people of the land take a man of their coasts and set him for their watchman, if when he seeth the sword come upon the land, he blow the trumpet and warn the people, then whosoever heareth the sound of the trumpet, and taketh not warning, if the sword come and take him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet, and took not warning, and his blood shall be upon him. But he that taketh warning shall deliver his soul. But if the watchman see the sword come, and blow not the trumpet, and the people be not warned. If the sword come and take any person from among them, he is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will I require at the watchman's hand. So thou, O son of man, I have set thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore thou shalt hear the word at my mouth and warn them from me. Father, this morning... We pray for your help and for your anointing, for the Spirit of the Lord to come, to quicken your word and speak into our hearts. Give us ears to hear, O oh God, we pray. Lord, we need the Holy Ghost, Lord, in these days. We need you to speak, Lord. We need you to come. We desire to hear from you this morning, O oh God, and it is with that desire that you will respond and Lord, that you will speak, Lord, with that voice that wakes the dead, make us hear this morning. Oh God, we pray for this nation, for this land, for every pulpit where a man would stand to preach the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ, that you would anoint them, fill them with the Holy Ghost. May your word go forth in the power and the anointing of God. Lord, we look to you this morning. Lord, be glorified in our midst. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Let's take our seats this morning. Ezekiel was a prophet, one of the major prophets of the Lord. And in this reading, we hear that he is set as a watchman, speaking of those true prophets of the Lord that would bring forth the word of the Lord in their season and in their time. A watchman was a, a very important individual in those Eastern times, those biblical times and most of the Asian communities and Eastern communities are still very important even to this day. The watchman, he had a responsibility to watch in the night hour, to look for trouble or for thieves that would come to bring warning to people who were out beyond the hours of, of light. And so this watchman in a natural sense uh, was very important, but more importantly in the prophetic sense as a prophet, the Lord would set up watchmen in order to bring forth the word of the Lord. If you look over in Isaiah chapter 62, these watchmen again, Isaiah was another watchman. The Lord had set him in a time when there was a backsliding amongst God's people. Israel were in a backslidden state. The judgment of the Lord was coming. But the Lord spoke in Isaiah 62 and verse 6 and said, I have set watchmen upon thy walls, O Jerusalem. And these watchmen, it tells us of them that they will never, watchmen never hold their peace day or night. Ye that make mention of the Lord, keep not silence and give him no rest till he establish, until he make Jerusalem a praise in the earth. 
we see that the watchmen that the Lord had established on the walls of Jerusalem, they cried unto the Lord both day and night until the Lord would establish His purposes. That word established means to set up His purpose. What God had planned and purposed, the watchmen had a responsibility to stand upon the walls and they would cry out to the Lord until the purposes of God, until God's plan and purpose would come to fruition. It reminds us of the story that Jesus told of the unjust judge in Luke chapter 18. And that woman that would come, but the Lord said, Shall not God avenge his own elect that would cry unto the Lord both day and night, though he belong with them? That there is a cry that comes from the watchmen, from those that are set upon the wall. And we all have a responsibility as believers in this hour and this day to, to be on the wall to be awake, to be alert, to know what God is saying, to understand the days in which we've come to, that we are all called to the kingdom for such a time as this. And we need to be on the wall. We need to be awakened. We need to be alert. We need to have the word of the Lord. We need to be watchmen and watch women. We need to have a word in season. We need to speak the word of the living God into our homes and into our workplaces and on the streets and in the highways and in the byways that the church of Jesus Christ has to have a message for the day in which we're living. They don't want us to blend in with all the voices of the world and all the things that they're coming up with. We need to bring forth the word of the Lord in the day in which we're living. There's a people that are lost, confused, filled with fear and going to a lost eternity. And the only hope is Jesus Christ. And we must bring the word of the Lord in a day of confusion and fear. We must bring the word of the Lord into our highways and byways and into our communities. They're hearing all the voices of men and all the voices of fear and confusion, but they need to hear the word of life. Not life is found in Jesus Christ. The watchmen stand on the wall. Are you standing on the wall? Are you on the wall? Are you standing up for Jesus? Are you crying unto the Lord both day and night until He establish His purposes? God has a great plan. And a great purpose even in these days of much wickedness, confusion, and the rise of a, a Babylonian antichrist system. But God has a plan. And it's the winning of the souls of men and women. Now as we approach the great coming of the Lord, as we've sung so wonderfully about it this morning, then the church must be awakened and must be on the wall. I have set thee a watchman, on the walls, O Jerusalem, which shall never, they'll never hold their peace. There's something within us that will never fold or, or, or crumble into or, or buy into this world that is the Holy Ghost that is in us that will never buy into the system of men and the fear and everything that comes. But there's a cry that God has put in our hearts. Cry that will cry out both day and night, God, we will cry until you come, until our loved ones are saved, until you move by your power, until you show your glory, until the kingdom of God is established. We'll cry unto the Lord. There's a cry. Is there a cry, church? Is there a cry in your heart this morning, put there by the Holy Ghost? A desire that only God can put in a life, not created of men, but where you cry out unto the Lord for the reality of God. For God to show himself in this hour where wickedness rises, where it seems as though the enemy has nearly won the day and our young people are caught up in all the confusion. Surely it is not time for God to show himself. But there must be a people that cry. There must be a people that are on the wall. There must be an intercession. There must be a cry. There must be a calling out to God. There must be a groan in our spirits. I will set me upon my watch, Habakkuk says, and set me up into the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am reproved. There's a place that we need to get to, saints. Shut in with God. There's a watchtower 
that we need to wait before the Lord and we need to hear what God is saying. Because there's so many voices, so many voices even from the church that are confused. In Psalm 127, we know the verse very well, but it says, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. If I could reverse that, if the Lord is building the house, and if the Lord is working with us to labor for Him, and if the Lord is keeping His people, then the watchman must waken. The watchman must awaken. If God is doing a work, and we believe it, if God is building His church, and we believe it, if God is working with us, and we believe it, then the watchman must be awake. We don't waken in vain because He's a God that hears our cry. The responsibility to bring forth God's Word in this hour is so crucial for every believer to bring forth the Word of life, to bring forth the Word of truth, to bring forth the Word of the Lord into the midst of such darkness. The watchman understands he may not know all things, but he understands prophetically what is happening and what is coming. Why? Because he has a place with God. He's a place where he's shut in with God. He hears. He hears and he sees from God's Word what is happening. He spends the time to wait upon the Lord and to hear the Word of the Lord. Isaiah was standing in a day of calamity and backsliddenness, and coming judgment. And there was a cry that came out, it says in Isaiah 21 and verse 11, there was a cry that came out of Seir, and it said, Watchman, Watchman, what of the night? There's a cry, brothers and sisters, in this hour, out of the calamity and the darkness and the confusion, there is a cry, there is a people that are saying, what of the night? What is happening? Tell us, reveal to us. They don't want us to give us our ideas, or our thoughts, or what somebody says on YouTube. They want us to bring the word of life. There's hope. There's an answer. Jesus is coming. The judgment of God's upon our nation. Our nation is being judged by God. That's what the pestilence is. It's a judgment of God on the nations. That's what it is, friends. It's God's judgment upon our land. And we need to turn. We need to repent. We need to call on the name of the Lord. We need to know what it is to be on the wall. And cry unto the Lord for mercy. Watchman, what of the night? And the watchman said, the watchman had an answer. He had something to say of substance of life that came from the throne of God. Have you something to say to this world that is broken? Are we just mumbling through with the rest of the statistics and all what they say? But have we an answer to this world? The watchman said, the morning's coming. That's speaking that there's about to be a change. Friends, I believe there's about to be a change. The morning means there's a change come. The night has had its time, but now there's a dawn that's about to break. I believe with everything within me, we're about to see a change in this whole scenario. It won't be the vaccines that fix it. It won't be the health systems that fix it. It's the mercy of God. He'll lift it for a time, but only for a time. Because the watchman said, the morning come, but also the night. There's going to be a period, there's going to be a time, I don't know how long, but God will give mercy. He will show mercy. Why? Because He's full of mercy. He's abundant in mercy. Even in our rebellion and our backsliding state, I'm speaking on behalf of the church. In our rebellion, we need to repent. The church must come back to God. But even in that, He'll lift it for a time. What for? For His purposes to be established. But there's a night coming. There's a night coming. You see, the calamities are only beginning, friends. The calamities are only beginning. We are about to enter in to see some things on this planet if the Lord should tarry, but we will see some great calamities. 
And so there's a voice that comes out of all of that darkness saying, what of the night? Have we something to say to our friends? Have we something to say to our neighbor? Have we something to say to the person we meet in the shops? Have we something to say to our work colleagues? Have we something to say? Is it just the same old rhetoric that everyone else is saying? Or is it the word of life that there's hope in this world and it's found in a person and Jesus is coming? That is the warning. He speaks according to what he sees. And the watchman will be held accountable to God, to his faithfulness, to God's word. There's a responsibility, brothers and sisters, it's an awesome one. There's a responsibility upon us to preach the word of truth, to please God rather than to please men. We have a world today and we have sadly so many in the church today that want to please men rather than please God. But those watchmen are accountable for the souls of men and will give an account one day. That is an awesome thing. And the word of the Lord is referenced here as a trumpet. Blow the trumpet. Warn the people. Blow the trumpet and warn the people. That Old Testament Use of the trumpet was absolutely critical, crucial for Israel to understand how they operated, functioned, moved, gathered, went forward, went into war. They understood the sound of the trumpet. That's how God maneuvered two million people through a wilderness. Yes, with the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire, but it was the sounds of the trumpet. When the trumpet sounded, they could hear and they understood what the sound meant. The significance, of course, is so profound for us in the New Testament. It's not going out today and ban yourself a new bugle and blowing it down in the middle of Shaftesbury Square. The voice, the trumpet is a voice. It's a prophetic voice. The trumpet is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The fullness of the gospel proclaimed under the anointing of God. The trumpet must be sounded. And it has to be a clear sound. The Bible says, if you turn over into 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 8, and I know this is in the context of teaching concerning spiritual gifts and the interpretation of tongues, but in 1 Corinthians, Paul picks up this thought of the trumpet concerning the Old Testament and God's people, and he says in 1 Corinthians 14 and 8, for if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? How will we know to fight if we don't hear a clear sound? Friends, there's so much foolishness. There's so much foolishness in the church today. So much foolishness in pulpits today. So much foolishness that comes an uncertain sound. That's why the people have not been ready. The people have not wakened because there's been an uncertain sound that have come from the pulpits across this land and across a lot of the Western nations and the people have remained asleep. It is a tragedy. And I say this, and first of all, I say it to myself and repent before you. It is a tragedy that we were more concerned with what the health board would say than what God had to say. And still today, we're more conditioned by storming rather than by the Holy Ghost. And yet, we're still asleep. Why? There's an uncertain sound. So much of the prophetic today that Pentecostals have claimed to be prophetic is nothing more than foolishness. I say that as a Pentecostal, but most of the nonsense that have come into the church under the guise of the prophetic has come from the Pentecostal church. God forgive us. Play around with the things of God and the Holy Ghost in such a way. Foolishness. Nonsense. The prosperity gospel. 
But there is a word. And the trumpet must be sounded. If you go back to Numbers chapter 10, to understand how Israel seen and heard the trumpet and understood the sound and bring the, the shadow of this into the, into the reality of where we are today. Numbers chapter 10 says that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Make thee two trumpets of silver, of a whole piece shalt thou make them, that thou mayest use them for the, look what it says, for the calling of the assembly. There was to be a sign that went out for the calling of the assembly. We are called as believers to assemble together. And more so as the day approaches, the Bible says not less, did not put in a little PS or in brackets, whether or not there are regulations or whatever else they want to put in. We are to meet together. We are to assemble. And so the trumpet was to call the people together. It was also for direction. The trumpet would come, the prophetic in that sense would come for the journeying of the camps. God wants to reveal His heart for us as a people, as a church, as individuals. God's plan for your life. You need to hear from God so that God would direct your path Andy opened the prayer this morning. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him. And He'll direct your path. But you need to hear from God. In all the confusion, the trumpets were sounded and the people knew it's time. It's time to assemble together as God's people. They heard the trumpet and they knew it was time to move in a certain direction. When there's a whole pile of different trumpets and different signs, the people don't know where to go or how to go. Do we go left? Do we go right? Are we up? Are we down? There has to be a vision and a direction. The trumpet sounding says in verse 3, And when they blow with them, all the assembly shall assemble themselves to thee at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. God desired His people to gather to, get, to gather together unto the glory of the Lord. God was in the midst of them. And the glory was there and the trumpet would go and they would come up out of their little, their little tents and they come to that tabernacle because God's desire is always to be in the midst of His people. And the glory of the Lord over the mercy seat and the priesthood around that camp and all the tribes that were gathering in with their families and with their children and God's glory would come down. God wanted to be in the midst of His people. He said, Moses, sound the trumpet. Let them know it's time to come. And they gather in what is God's desire today. God wants to be mighty in the midst of his people. And so they come. It says in verse 4, And if they blew, but with one trumpet, then the princes which are the heads of the thousands of Israel shall gather themselves unto thee. Look at how God had order and structure. The heads, the princes of each of the tribes would know when it was particularly for them, when it was a full gathering, when it was a specific gathering, when God was calling the heads to come together onto that place of communion with God and His glory. Come to me, there's a trumpet call. There's a trumpet call for the men to get into a place with God. There's a cry from the heart of God for men to get shut in with God to get real with God, to hear from God for you and for your loved ones. And then it says in verse 5, When you blow an alarm, then the camps that lie on the east part shall go forward. It's actually profound. It's simple, but it's profound. How God organized, how God delivered, not only delivered, fed, watered, clothed, blessed, and how He maneuvered them step by step every part of the way through the wilderness by the sound of the trumpet. When you hear it, if you look at it, if you ever get a little diagram, it's so simple to pick up. But there's the tabernacle of God right in the midst, the tabernacle of Moses, the first tabernacle. 
And you had that priesthood that was the immediate around the tabernacle. That's where the altar was. That's where the Ark of the Covenant, the Shekinah glory, the mercy seat, in that Holy of Holies. But in all around, those tribes were set out specifically. They just didn't sort of throw it down somewhere and say, what do you think here? No one ever, anyone ever gone camping? Just throw the tent out there and let's do this. And then you wake up at three in the morning and realize you got the wrong spot. God had it all organized. The people on the east are going to move first. The people on the south would come. God had a structure. This isn't willy-nilly. Do what you like. All this, I'm in grace. You know, I just float around somewhere. God's got a purpose for your life. He fits you into a body. Every joint supplies. God has a purpose in all of that order. God wants you to be part of something. That's the body of Christ. And so they would make their journey. And then it says in verse 6, when you blow an alarm, the second time the camps that lie on the south side shall take their journey. They shall blow an alarm for their journeys. Verse 7 says, but when the congregation is to be gathered together, you shall blow, but you shall not sound an alarm. And the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow with the trumpets, and they shall be to you for an ordinance forever throughout your generations. God had always desired to be right in the midst of his people. Do you know this is a mere shadow of one of the most profound revelations that can ever come to the heart of a man or a woman? That God's desire was to be in the midst. He desired to be right among his people, his glory to be there. And yet, friends, the greatest revelation to ever come on this planet is to know today that God does not dwell and and places made with hands, but he dwells in me and he dwells in you, the same glory. It is actually amazing that he walks in you, that he talks and that he has written his law in your heart, that you are the tabernacle of God, that God dwells in you. And there should be the sound of the trumpet that comes from this camp. He says in verse 9, if you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresseth you, oppresseth you, then you shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. It's so awesome that when they blew the trumpet, that God would respond to deliver them from their enemies. We see this in Israel. If you turn over into Joshua chapter 6 for a moment, <clears throat> that great account of the time when they walked around the walls of Jericho in Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5, <clears throat> the sound of the trumpet was crucial to invoke, evoke the presence of God to supernaturally respond. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 5, it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, when ye hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people will shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend every man straight before him. That there was the sound of the trumpet in that Old Testament. Again, I'm telling, don't go and buy a trumpet and matchets this morning and run down into the middle of the street and start blowing it. This is something so much more profound in the day in which we are living. But you see how Israel knew and understood and how God would respond to the blowing of that trumpet. When the trumpet blew, the people knew all to shout because it was clear. There was a clarity with the call. And it would evoke God to come down from heaven and those great walls of Jericho came tumbling down. We seem, we serve the same God today. The strongholds of hell and darkness that are all around us, friends, I want to tell you, oh, that God would come down and the mountains would melt in His presence. He hasn't changed. This is not just a historical book. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Gideon and his army of 300, over in Judges chapter 7, <clears throat> if you turn over for a moment, in Judges chapter 7 and verse 16, it says that he divided the 300 men in three companies, and he put a trumpet in every man's hand. I want you to hear me this morning, everyone that's saved in this room, you've got a trumpet. 
Hear me this morning. You do have a trumpet, but what you do with that trumpet's important. You have a responsibility to proclaim the gospel, to be an evangelist. Every one of us has a responsibility to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wherever we may be, we are Christians. These men each had a trumpet in their hand and empty pitchers and lamps within the pitchers. And he said unto them, Look unto me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outside of the camp, it shall be that as I do, so shall ye do. When I blow with the trumpet, I and all that are with me, then blow ye the trumpets also on every side of all the camp and say, The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. And what a mighty victory God gave that day. Turn over to one more example, and there's many more, but in the Nehemiah chapter 4. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 17, this art of rebuilding, this art of building up again the walls that are broken down, the gates that are burned with fire. The enemy was against them in every shape and every form. But as they went with the word of the Lord, Nehemiah chapter 4 and 17, it says, They which build it on the wall, and they that bear the burdens, and those that laid it every one with his hands wrought in the work, and with the other hand they held a weapon. For the builders, verse 18, and every one had his sword girded by his side, and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me, verse 20. And in what place therefore ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us. Our God, look what he says, our God shall fight for us. And our God, brothers and sisters, is going to fight for us. But the trumpet was crucial. You see it in the warfare. It was crucial to hear a clear sound. An uncertain sound. How shall people be ready for the battle? You know, we are in, we are in a battle. Brothers and sisters, we are in a battle. I'm going to say it again. I know I said often, I don't want you to become familiar with it but we are in a battle. And there has to be the clarity, a clear sound for the day in which we're in. It may not be a popular sound. It may not be the sound that many want to hear. You see, if you only want to play because they want to hear you play, then you're better not playing because you're going to be disappointed. Because they'll not like the tune that you play. They don't want to hear because we're rapidly running in to the coming of the Lord and men will wax worse. But there's someone out in that darkness that's saying, Watchman! What of the night? And do we have a word for that voice? Do we have something to say? Something of substance? Something that sets people free. Something that breaks chains. Something that brings hope. Something that delivers the prisoner. Something that heals the oppressed. Something that breaks through the darkness. If we just talk about the statistics and what the world are talking about, they want to hear what we have. And we've got a treasure in these earthen vessels. And his name's Jesus. It is imperative for them to know, but for us to know, the sound of the trumpet. On those walls when the enemy was coming, and they all had a responsibility at each part of that wall to build up the wall, to pull those, those great rocks out of the rubbish and to begin to put the walls back up into its place. They were determined, they were focused, they were committed, but every person had a responsibility at one particular part of the wall. One person couldn't do the whole wall. It's impossible. But every person had a responsibility at the wall. But when they heard the trumpet, they knew the enemy was trying to get in at one weak place in the wall. And what did they do? They all gathered at that one breach and they stood as one man and God brought the victory. We understand how God works. If the trumpet give 
an uncertain sound. Who shall prepare himself to the battle? Hosea was a watchman. He was a prophet of the Lord. If you turn over into Hosea chapter 9 and verse 7, I want to show you something. I believe it's so similar to the day in which we're living. Hosea chapter 9 and verse 7. He was a prophet in the northern kingdom. He was a prophet of the Lord. And Hosea 9 and verse 7, it says, The days of visitation are come. He says, the days of recompense are come, and Israel shall know it. What's he saying? He's talking about now the dealings of God upon the nation. I want you to hear me, brothers and sisters. I may not know everything and all the ins and outs of so much of what's going on, but one thing I do know is the judgment of God is upon this nation. It's righteousness that exalts the nation. The nation that forgets her God shall be turned into hell. What we are seeing is God's judgment. What this is, is the judgment of God on our nation. The days of visitation have come. We are now reaping what we've sown as a nation. That's what we're doing. We're reaping what we've sown. And Israel shall know it. Then he says, the prophet is a fool. That's what Hosea says. The prophet is a fool. What's he saying? He says the spiritual man is mad. The prophet is a fool and the spiritual man is mad for the multitude of thine iniquity and the great hatred. Do you know what he's saying? He's talking about this range of false prophets. Madmen, he calls them. Madmen, that's what the prophet, they weren't popular. You can see why they weren't popular. You can see why their message wasn't received. Hosea is saying, listen, those prophets are fools. What was happening, see, in the house of God, there were so many prophets, there were so many spiritual men that were bringing forth their own ideas, bringing forth their own message, bringing confusion, bringing false teaching, bringing all these manners of things. And that was causing all the people to backslide. And Hosea said, listen, he said, the prophet is a fool. Do you know what had taken place? Because there was no clear certain sound from the pulpits. What happened was there was a message that was came that was not from the Lord. It was light. It was confusing. It was filled with fear. When the troubles came and judgment came, nobody knew what to do. And they continued their false prophecies, their false securities. And then the house of God became like the world. The sin that was in the world was the same sin that was in the house of God. It was as dark in the house of God as it was in the world. There was no difference. The world couldn't see the light because there was no light in the church, in that which is the house of God. And they were trusting in false prophets and false teachings. I know it's strong, but friends, I want to tell you this is where we are. You would think that now, after all that has happened, even from the turn of right into this new century. I know it's 2022, but when you go through all the calamities and all the great tragedies and the wars and the Arab Springs and the tsunamis and the earthquakes and the change in our society and same-sex marriage and abortion and, and the hundreds of thousands of babies that were slaughtered as a nation, and all through these 20 years, you would think the church would waken up and then the pestilence and the pandemic or whatever it is, it's the judgment of God and the nation that's forgotten. The tragedy is still, my people, this is what God says, my people, they still don't hear. We're still asleep. We still don't want to hear the truth any longer. 
We're more persuaded by what's being said on the news than we are by the Holy Ghost. The watchman, verse 8 says, the watchman of Ephraim was with God. The true prophets were with the Lord. But listen, friends, they were few. They were never a majority. If you're waiting on the majority, friends, if you're waiting on the great crowds, if you're waiting until everyone gets with us, you're going to be waiting a long time. The uncertain sound has come from God's house and God's people and God's watchmen should repent of that. Here's the greatest tragedy. One of the great prophets of the Lord said, in Jeremiah 8 and verse 7, Yea, the stork in the heaven knows her appointed times. The turtle and the crane and the swallow observe the time of their coming. But my people, God says, know not the judgment of the Lord. They don't know my people, God says, my people, they don't know the judgment of the Lord. Oh, we'll see the swallows. And what an exciting time it is when we see them come towards the end of March and into April and we see them flying down into our backyard and in and out of those wee barns and you see them running down across just about six inches off the grass and it's such a beautiful sight to see the creation of God as those wee swallows come the whole way back from Africa. They understand the times. They know it's their time to return and we stand and we often go, there's the swallow. I've seen the first one of the year and we get excited and we shoot. It's an amazing thing of God's wonderful creation. God says, even though we swallow knows it's time, but my people, God said, my people, know not the judgment of the Lord. They don't know. We may tick the boxes. We may have our statement of faith. There might be many that be able to lay out how it's all going to work out in eschatology. I appreciate that. But we don't live like it. We don't live like it that in a moment... That God would burst through those clouds and all His glory and all His splendor. And as we sang this morning, there was such a sweet prince, sense of the presence of the Lord and the Son of God would come bursting through the clouds and all His glory. And in an instant, the dead in Christ will rise and we which are alive and remain shall be cut up to meet the Lord in the air. We don't live like that there's a, a, a hell a real sinner's hell. I know that the false teachers and the false prophets of the day are telling us there is no hell. Now don't worry about it. If you don't accept Christ, you'll just be snuffed out. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow you die, but there's no consequence of your sin. I want to tell you, friends, it's a lie, and it's a lie from hell. And so the swallow is about to come back in a few months because they know that their Creator has set their time to leave Africa and come back up into Balnehinch and fly around our backyard because they know it's time. God says, my people know not the judgment of the Lord. We don't realize that what's happening to our nation is the judgment of God. We don't realize this is God's mighty hand at work, humbling a nation that's filled with pride. We're going to build back better. If you look throughout history, you'll have heard the pride of man through history and every type of culture building back better, only for God to pull down every structure that they've raised up. 
My people don't know the judgment of the Lord. I began to watch this. And even over the last month or two, I began to get into a place. I'm thankful for a bit more time to wait on the Lord and to began to ask the Lord to show. If you ask the Lord to show you, he will. He began to show me great works, great men of God that he raised up in our, even in our generation. How he raised up platforms, pulpits, men, and works of God. And they were built upon the word of God. They were built upon prayer. That was what they started. That's how they started out. And God raised those very platforms up to be a voice to the very nations of the world. And he showed how the emphasis began to change. And the prophetic anointing began to leave. And now they're no more than entertainment places for the Laodicean church. I want to tell you, friends, it's tragic. Now today, most of the church more interested in being entertained than actually being the voice to sound the trumpet that Christ is coming. The Bible says in Amos chapter 3 and verse 6, Shall a trumpet be blown in the city, and the people not be afraid? Shall there be evil in a city, and the Lord hath not done it? Surely the Lord will do nothing. Surely the Lord will do nothing. But he revealeth his secret to the servants, his prophets. The lion hath roared. Who will not fear? The Lord has spoken. But who can but prophesy? I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, if you so desire, I believe that God wants to give every one of us a voice to speak in these days. Not just gobbledygook, because we're good at doing that. Not just waffle, but to bring forth the word of God. To blow the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm on his holy hill. To know the time in which we're living in and a time to be awake. There's a voice that will cry just like at the first coming of the Lord. This ministry, it says, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare you the way of the Lord. There's a preparation because He's coming. A second coming. This is going to be glorious. You see, you need to know and hear the sound of the trumpet. You might say, I don't really know what he's talking about today. I pray that you really do know what I'm talking about because this whole scene of time is going to close out with a shout from heaven and the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. With the trump of God. You see, if you don't hear if you don't hear the sound. That's why many, listen friends, that's why many are going to be caught on rather than be caught up. They've sat through religious services all their lives. They've ticked every box that you can tick. They're the most faithful and committed religious people on this planet. But they know nothing about a voice that speaks. The Bible says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they do follow me. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God. You see, if you're hearing the trumpet this morning, praise the Lord. You'll hear one final great sound that comes from heaven. I'm going to tell you, friend, when we all hear that trumpet, 
We all know at that moment we're ready to go. But there's going to be many that have sat through churches and meetings, religious people, know all about it. And you know what they're going to be doing? They're going to be carrying on. They're going to be doing the same old thing. The trumpet sounds. The dead in Christ will rise first. Then we which are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. All I know is this. This is the second of the first 2022. But we're one day closer to this. One day closer. One last break in the bread service. Will we get the next week? The trumpet sounding. God wants us to be a people to have a word in this generation. To have a voice. To know what that is, you have to be in a place with God. You have to spend time to hear what he has to say. And then speak. The worst thing we can do, friends, it's the Holy Ghost that has to do the work. The worst thing we can do is try to pretend we know what the Holy Ghost wants and then try to manipulate something to happen and it never happens. But if we hear from heaven and he gives us his word and we speak his word, the Holy Ghost will do the rest. There's an alarm. The morning's coming. It's about to change. But listen, so's the night. So's the night. The world will party and think they've got it all back again. But the night's coming. The night's coming. Friends, <coughs> it's time to blow the trumpet. That's the prophetic voice of God to the lost world. That's Christ. It's time to blow the trumpet. Let's stand together this morning.